Well, we've had a lot of together time this week for a bunch of us. I'm not even sick of you yet. I know what's going on. I would have thought there's a few faces that you might just think, you know. No, I'm not naming any names. Why you? No, I wasn't. Why'd you jump to that? Yeah. That's good. Just, you know, appreciated the reflection, Curtis, on just, you know, something happens when I become so aware that God's not this idea out there that I'm talking about, but that he's a person who's here, who's worth worship, who's worth honor, who is worthy of my trust, who is proving himself to be the greatest experience of life that I could ask or imagine. Uh, appreciate those reflections this morning. Hey, what are, can we just refresh our thinking on a f this just some quick popcorn pieces of for people who did thrive this week of you know what are what are what are some of the highlights what are some of the things we really appreciated about what we experienced this week in that can we just you know just words phrases quick quick thoughts on what do we appreciate about what we experienced this week rest rest yeah, that was good rest yeah, we got Craig and Lisa on Zoom. Yeah, I did. Yep. Sounds good. What else? What else? What are the things we appreciated out of our time this week that we took and invested in? Resting with people that I love. Yeah. Yeah. Resting with people that I love. Yeah, it changes something, doesn't it? Yeah, like, did you find yourself coming this morning a bit expecting to see people? And yeah, sometimes I can show up on a morning like this and feel a little tense or a little reserved, even a little self-protective. Yeah, it just felt maybe a little easier this morning, just rolling in. Yeah, feeling safe. Yeah, yeah I'd say that's some of the fruit of some of the time this week for me. Yeah. Who else? Some just popcorn highlights or stuff we loved about it. Yeah. Batteries recharged, soul refreshed. Yeah, that's good thoughts, Hannah. Yeah. Capacity. Hmm. Yeah, just more capacity to handle the stuff coming at you or be there for your kids or, yeah, I can, I can, yeah, 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 I think in that capacity category, like recovering more quickly, I'd say I watched for both Lila and I over the last few days, you know, so we didn't get overwhelmed on Saturday by the things that were taking place or whatever, but it's like we recovered more quickly from it. And we're able to stick in and stick with, and yeah. Hey, good thoughts, Curtis. Anybody else? Yeah, just the importance of gratitude and appreciation. That changes something, doesn't it? Yeah, like when I start to fix my mind on what is and what I'm grateful for, what in my life I have to be thankful for, I become a brighter person 
Yeah. And the other stuff doesn't have to be ignored. I think that's what I like about it is from that place. I can look at the rest of it more easily and see it more clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? One more. Yep. Tools for the mechanics of the relationships. Yeah. Tools for the mechanics of relationships. The stuff to help you be you in the interactions. Yeah. And understand. Yeah. Yeah, I think it I think it does. It positions us to receive more from the relationships that we're in. Yeah, to give more, offer more and and receive more. I think too it um it makes me a safer person to be in relationship with as I consider those tools. Yeah. It's like think I'll be a less hurtful or less harmful person in relationship as I use those tools. It doesn't, it doesn't mean I'm you know, I think in relationship we do hurt each other and things do go wrong, but these things help us, help me stick in that. And yeah, I really loved it. I really loved the time and feel like, um, you know, we took some time afterwards to reflect on how does this stuff fit in who we are and what we're made for or, or what we're called to as a family of people. And there was just a really beautiful time of reflecting on God building a family and drawing a group of people together that would be light and life, that would be a safe place for whoever to rock up, where, where life would look different if you did life with these people. You know, I think those are, those are beautiful interactions. I think for me as well, one of the highlights, you know, I, I really found the rhythms of connecting with Jesus over the course of the last three days really encouraging. Uh, and I found hope really rising in a few categories. And um, yeah, what what would you say, like, and this is whether you're at Thrive or not, like don't, you know, you don't need to have been at these three days to feel a bit of hope rising, but I'm gonna make the assumption that somewhere in our experience of life, hope is rising. And what, what would you say at the moment you feel hope rising for in you? And what do you feel hope rising for? Yeah, what's the... You're not that thing that you feel like you just have to hold on to or that you gotta, you know, but that thing that you feel like, oh, this is gaining a bit of momentum in me. Actually, the, the hope is there. Actually, that's building. That's snowballing for me. That hope is increasing. You know, what would you say that is for you at the moment? What hope is rising in you? God working all things together for good. Mm. Mm. It's pretty general and broad, but no, that's good. It feels general and broad, but specific. Yeah, I feel more hope that all the things that feel a bit tough, either for me or for us collectively, or a bit like, oh, is this, what are we doing here? What, what's this going to look like? It feels. I feel more confident and hopeful that good picture and that he's working things together for the good of those who love him and I think we are people that really love him and so yeah. he's working things together for good. That's awesome. Let's let that snowball. That's good, Ali. Yeah. What a great hope to have rising that all of this is useful to my God who works all things for good and I see him in it. That hope rising, that's a strength. That's really cool. Anybody else? What hope do you feel rising? Kara? Yeah, one word. Just even before when we were talking, it was just togetherness. 
Yeah. And now with the hope of what he's doing through togetherness for the future. Yeah. That's cool, Cara. Just a hope for an increased togetherness. Yeah, I love that. I share that. I share that with you. I'll, I'll sit in that one with you and go, I've got a real hope rising for me of what God's intended for us to share together and what he's building around my life, my family, and our family. Yeah, I love that. That's cool. Yeah. Anybody else? What we got hope rising for? for a capacity for more like uh -huh. to seeing more for this family more for individuals and uh yeah feeling really blessed by the tools of thrive to um help me return to joy faster and yeah yeah but yeah capacity hope for capacity for more and yeah hope for what's to come for us as a family and uh, as individuals awesome yeah that's great hannah yeah I love that. Some, yeah, thinking about the, you know, we, we ask for like more ability, but then inside of that, when it's given like more opportunity, mm. it's given in that ability. Mm. Mm. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I never really kind of thought about it that way. It's just like because you put that time away and things kind of think, oh, where am I going to use this? Yeah, yeah. comes up and... Yeah. We've seen the last day. Wow. crazy Yeah. with people and relating. Wow. It's just, yeah, like... Wow. Had a simple breakfast of things and it was like, it was very full on, like in extreme circumstances. Wow. It was kind of like, oh, wow, this is... <laughs> more ability leads to more opportunity. I really like that. Yeah. And when God's making you a safe and stable place, that those might look like some messy, some messy, messy things to step into. I really like that. I think it's easy to kind of go, oh, you know, we kind of flippantly, or I do flippantly, talk about light and salt and just so like, yep. airy fairy kind yep. of concepts until you're actually in a position to go. Oh, this is actually like light for people in this moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As that's so good. Yeah, more opportunity to be light. That this light would shine brighter into more places. There's a hope rising for ability leading to opportunity. I love that. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Just. Jesus, just send it all as this way. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah, you can come spend some time with me tomorrow then. <laughs> uh, that's cool. That's cool. One more. Anybody else got one? Don't want to miss it. Hope rising. What's, what do you got hope rising for? What's snowballing inside of you that's just expecting? Anybody else? Yeah, Keith. Um, I guess just listening to what everybody's saying there, it's uh, um, gives uh, hope for uh, the future of what God's doing here. Oh, yeah. Not just how we impact each other here, but how everything that's happening here is going to impact the world. Yeah. Not just the world around us, but even further. Yeah. Bigger, yeah. Like maybe New Zealand. 
Definitely New Zealand. Definitely New Zealand. We love those crew. Yeah, that's great, Keith. Yeah, you know what the interesting thing is, is, you know, it's like, um, you know, sometimes like, you know, maybe, maybe you even feel in this conversation like hope snowballing for you. Like as someone reflects on what their hope is building for, it's like, oh, wow, it, it feeds and fuels, you know, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a great thing to hear the confessions of what's rising among us. And yeah, I would, I would just echo what we've heard. Like, I just really do believe that God's raising up a maturity for a purpose. And that purpose isn't like something we're waiting for. It's something on our doorsteps. It's something already connected to our lives. Like we're not waiting for some big thing to occur or happen. Big things will occur and happen, but it's like this, you know, this that we find ourselves in is what he's purposed. And here we have something to be hopeful of and to step into and to be expectant of and to be purposed in. And yeah, I think one of the things I have hope for is um, the unique and diverse expressions of what God's put in our family to be accentuated, you know, like, like the beautiful things that God's put into Carlan to be accentuated and in Hannah and in Ali and Janessa and Ben and Naz and Kara and Sean and Ange, like that each of those flavors would be accentuated in what he's put here. I just have a real hope that, you know, it's like, you know, we're not going to be like the vanilla soft serve from McDonald's. We're going to be like the gelati bar where there's just like so much flavor and so much goodness and there's something for everyone. You know, something everyone would love can be found in the kingdom, in the body. And I think, you know, I'm just really hopeful of the diversity of our flavors just accentuating, getting stronger. And yeah, well, I love, I love, I, I, I didn't mean to rob the kids of something good, but I think, you know, what a wonderful opportunity for our kids to hear what we're expectant of and what, what we're hoping for as a family. And yeah, and you know, they'll take this stuff in, but let's, let's worship sing one more song and then we'll uh, transition into some thoughts that we'll chew on together but yeah hope For that hope that's rising, yeah. I fall down upon the ground, press my face against the earth till my heart it rises over my head. As the weed it bows down low When the autumn wind blows I kneel before the one I love Find me grateful Find me thankful Find me on my knees Find me dreaming the 
house that you first held in the garden where you know pull me up against your face again till the breath of your hope fills the depths of my soul till all I know is I've been found by love
people the option to go because we know I'd be sitting here by myself. (laughs) We love you guys. We'll see you soon. Make sure you give Hannah a really hard time. Six people left. Ah, we have a few people bouncing back. We get a couple of. We got Mel and Lila up in the kitties corral up there. This, this the new containment measures for the one-year-olds. <laughs> we thought, what are we going to do? Are we going to bring kennels in? We thought, no, you know, that's not cool. We can't put the kids in the kennels while we're out. We'll save that for home. <laughs> crates, yeah, a little crate training for the, yeah. Well, now that they're walking, you need cages. I don't think it's so wrong. We put pretty pictures up in it. No, we're just joking. Cool. Well, Thanks, Curtis. There's a real sense of peace and calm this morning. I feel like I gotta wake myself up. Like I'm thinking we could pass out pillows and blankets and just have little, have some little nap times. Man, I think we're just synchronizing with you, Curtis. It's like, so let's see if we can see if we can wake ourselves up here. Yeah. This is. Man, we had the, we had the lullaby session this morning. It's really good. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I slept good last night. Took on board the extra hour of sleep for the Australians. That was that was good. We weren't we weren't too sure. We didn't we were, uh, weren't they were they this week too? I thought they were a different week. I think they are. I don't know. Oh, okay, great. Well, Lisa, we'll get some confirmation of that momentarily. But anyways, yeah, we weren't too sure how that was going to go with the bub, but she, we kept her up a half an hour late. She slept in. It was good. So anyway, yeah. Well, I mean, I've been reflecting a bit coming out of, coming out of this week, kind of like almost throwing my mind back to the never alone stuff that we were, that we were doing in, in lockdown for those of us that, that jumped into that, but this idea of a relational mindset towards God, you know, that actually like that, that's what this whole thing 
was meant to be about. You know, we kind of spent those, I remember what it was, eight weeks, I think, you know, kind of looking at and sitting in this idea of, is this a relationship to me? Is this actually a relationship? You know, I kind of feel like I could probably do that you know, take a month off and start it again and then take a month off and start it again because I think there's been so much conditioning in my thinking towards God being an idea or being a message or being rules or being some kind of lifestyle. But the truth of the matter is like, God, you know, Jesus came that this could be a genuine and true and personal relationship. If I'm being honest, one of the things that I'm most grateful about with Thrive is that it doesn't just focus on the relationships we have with each other, but it has an enormous goal of that personal relationship becoming more real and closer, more powerful and more purposed in my experience. And that, uh, you know, the desire isn't just that I'd be able to walk closer with Keith, it's that I could walk closer with Jesus. Anyway, so I've, I was thinking about that and, uh, you know, just, just thinking about, well, what, you know, what does it, what does it change? You know, what, what is the, what is the reality that I take on board and, and what shifts in my perspective as I see what Jesus sees, you know, in, in any given particular moment, like you know, whenever I go to a journal entry and I'm having a big rant to Jesus and then all of a sudden I let him talk, you know, or whenever I'm stressed about my finances, let's just put it in that category. Whenever I'm like, God, you just know what's coming, right? He's like, oh, here we go. All right, Jesus, what do you got to say about this? Everything's all good. There's nothing to worry about. I've got you. You know, it's like, he sees things so differently to me, you know, and, and depending on how, what kind of trust relationship I've built with Jesus, will depend on how much I, I lean on and rely on what I can see and how I see versus what he can see and how he sees. And, and there is this enormous gap. And that's kind of the space I want to sit in this morning is how do we become people that more consistently and more regularly overcome the gap between what and how I see things and what and how Jesus sees things? You know, there's, there's a verse in first Corinthians. I mean, if, gosh, if I had five bucks for every time that we, this, this particular passage and its surrounds came up, you know, in, in the things we talk about, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd have two camps on our hands, but, uh, but let's go to it anyway. Thank you, Ben. Um, thank you, Ben. Don't be triggering me bringing that stuff up. We moved on. <laughs> first Corinthians chapter two, verse 14 to 16. It's Paul teaching on, um, you know, the idea of the spirit within us and how we access the thoughts of God. He says, but the natural unbelieving man, the natural unbelieving man does not accept the things, the teachings and the revelations of the spirit of God. Pause, pause, just pause there. Like we can relate to that, right? There's a part of me that really struggles to accept the things of God. I mean, that's the example I just used. Oh, here we go again. He's going to tell me he's got me and he's my provider and everything's okay. And I've got an abundant reality. Like, is this somebody else up there I can talk to who's actually got a clue and is worried about this situation? You know, if I'm being real, I can feel that way. I don't know if you can, but that's the natural man. That's the perception I carry. That's the, the view that I have. The unbelieving part of me views God that way. Like, ugh. I knew you were going to say that rubbish again. Yeah. 
So this is, this is relatable. You know, the natural unbelieving man does not accept the things, the teachings and the revelations of the spirit of God for they are foolishness, absurd and illogical to him. And he is incapable of understanding them because they are spiritually discerned and appreciated. And he is unqualified to judge spiritual matters. But the spiritual man, the spiritually mature Christian judges all things question and examines and applies what the Holy Spirit reveals, yet is himself, not, is himself judged by no one. The unbeliever cannot judge and understand the believer's spiritual nature. For who has known the mind and the purposes of God so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ to be guided by his thoughts and purposes. Yeah, I think, I mean, this is so good because it shows us the gap between the spirit man part of me and the natural man part of me and, and the debate that they enter into with one another. And there's a part of me that is capable of receiving the things of the Holy Spirit. And as I build this relationship with Jesus, trusting what he says and stepping into it, relying upon that over my own perceptions, testing that by saying, okay, if that's what you say, I'm gonna give it a go. And, and, you know, this, this is really the whole fundamental principle that the study Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby is built on, that we come to know God by experience and that the experience we have of him always brings us around in our relationship with him to a place of crisis of belief. Is how I see it right or is how he sees it right? And when we choose to adjust our lives to what he's saying, we begin to experience a God who comes through, whose word is true, who is reliable, and our faith grows. And that's a process. You know, like what person have you met that you just go, you're my best friend, you're my confidant, you're the person who I'm going to trust to tell everything to and be everything for me, you're my person. That takes time, right? If this is a relationship with Jesus, this takes time to build the trust and the faith that goes, there is no one like you. There is no one as consistent. There is no one that sees this as clearly. There is no one who is, who is more profoundly able to provide me wisdom, guidance, direction, encouragement, correction. That relationship takes time, but it's not just time. Because if we never step in and roll it in on what we hear the Spirit saying and give that a go, we can spend as much time as we want hearing the things of God, but never doing them or stepping into them will mean our experience of them sits out there as beyond what I chose to take on board. Do you know what I mean? And so these moments where we come to the gap between what I see and how I see it and what he sees and how he sees it, it's not just that he wants us to do what he wants us to do. It's that he wants us to know him. He wants our trust in him to build. He wants our experience of him to grow. He wants our reliance upon who he is to be expanded. He's trying to build this relationship with us where there's such a strength in who God's become to me and who Jesus is in my life that these words are life to me. You know, and this morning we're going to look at, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, 
this this idea of the natural unbelieving man thinking that the things of God are foolishness or are absurd or are illogical. I mean, we don't have to look far in our own story or our own life to find the reality of that. We don't have to look far in the experience you've had possibly of stepping out into things of God and feeling like people around you have saw them as foolish or absurd or illogical. Um, and, and, and let's be clear, this isn't a justification for the absurd and the illogical. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, I, can, I can hear that there's this fear that goes, well, so we're just defining everything that's absurd and illogical and foolish as God then? It's like, well, if that's your motivation, if that's what you're going to take this, if that's the motivation of your heart that you're going to justify your foolish life based on these principles, well, then that's reasonable. But if your heart is that you would know and do and follow after the things of God and it's leading to foolishness and illogical things and, and, and absurdity, well, then, then this, is, this is just the trust that he's building in our life. And we are not those whose motivation is to justify foolishness as God. W would you say that's true? I mean, that's not my desire. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen from time to time. But the motivation of my life is that the spirit might get his opportunity to be my life. Yeah, I don't want to justify a foolish life. I don't want to justify my mistakes or my uh, weaknesses as the as the spirit led life we're i'm going to take responsibility when i messed it up it's this is not a justification but uh you know there's this passage in john where this is what occurred jesus was teaching and people were so upset about the absurdity of what he was saying and and uh and and it's a bit of a big passage to get our minds wrapped around and so we're going to take a minute today and sit in this uh, as an example of how sometimes the things of God can only be received when we become curious of his spirit and, and come to him open and interested and exploring the things of him. But let's read it. Let's read what happened. In John chapter six, verse 51 to 65. It's a bit of a chunk. I'm going to read it from the message just because I like the way that it put it this morning. So I don't do that a lot, but this is a good opportunity to, to hear it in, uh, kind of more natural words. So John chapter six, verse 51 to 65. <clears throat> I am the bread, living bread, who came down out of heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live and forever. The bread that I present to the world, sorry, the bread that I present to the world so that it can eat and live is myself, this flesh and blood self. At this, the Jews started fighting among themselves. How can this man serve up his flesh for a meal? But Jesus didn't give an inch. Only in so far as you eat and drink flesh and blood, the flesh and blood of the son of man, do you have life within you? The one who brings a hearty appetite to this eating and drinking has eternal life and will be fit and ready for the final day. My flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. By eating my flesh and drinking my blood, you enter into me and I into you. In the same way that the fully alive father sent me here and I live because of him. So the one who makes a meal of me lives because of me. This is the bread from heaven. Your ancestors ate bread and later died. Whoever eats this bread will live always. He said these things while teaching in the meeting place in Capernaum. Ooh. He said, these, I think I missed a bit here. Yeah, I know, but I think I missed a bit. 
it goes to too tough to swallow all of a sudden in my notes. And then it says too tough to swallow? Oh, that must be a heading, is it? Yeah, it's a heading. No, I think it's, doesn't it say in there, people said it's too tough? Okay. Too tough to swallow. No, I do. It just didn't make sense. All right, okay, we'll keep going. Yeah, it's a heading. I didn't take it out. Okay, that's what's throwing me. Too tough to swallow. I think too tough to swallow is a reasonable, a reasonable summary of of that bit. Let's let's take that on board. Many among his disciples heard this and said, "This is a tough teaching. Too tough to swallow." Jesus sensed that his disciples were having a hard time with this and said, "Does this throw you completely? What would happen if you saw the Son of Man ascending to where he came from?" The spirit can make life. Sheer muscle and willpower don't make anything happen. Every word I've spoken to you is a spirit word, and so it is life-making. But some of you are resisting, refusing to have any part of this. Jesus knew from the start that some weren't going to risk themselves with him. He knew also who would betray him. He went on to say, this is why I told you earlier that no one is capable of coming to me on his own. You get to me only as a gift from the father. This passage goes on to say, a whole heap of disciples ditched him this day. And then he turned to the 12 and said, who of you wants to go to? Yeah. <laughs> apparently, apparently. Yes, is, is a lot in that. Why don't, we, why don't we just take a minute Pull it up on your screen in the message, or we'll, I, I mean, we can't really have it up on here, but pull it up on a phone if you've got it, or someone in a group will have it. And let's just take a minute. You know, in light of this idea of the gap between how I see things and what I perceive of things, and how Jesus sees things and what he perceives of things, can we just kind of take a look at this passage and chat about what sticks out to us? Or, you know, even in that first bit, you know, in that first half, Jesus is saying, these are spirit given words of life. I mean, I don't know if you read that and you go, that is powerful. But that's what Jesus is saying. He's coming back to his disciples and he's saying this whole flesh and blood thing that I'm talking about, that those are life giving words. And if you don't comprehend them and it's like, well, I think we can relate to that as we look at it. And it's like, all right, well, let, let's, let's take a minute. Let's break into threes or fours and just chew, chew on this passage for a second. And what is it saying to us or what sticks out to us or what do we find helpful or what do we find unhelpful about it in light of this, this conversation? It's John six fifty one to 65. Cool. All right. I'll jump on zoom and we'll take Let's take, we got, we got a couple of highlights coming out of the groups or thoughts that formed or ideas that formed or things that are, things that are rolling. What, what, what came out of our group times? Sink us in. Anybody? Too much to summarize? Yeah. I mean, I think that um, out of the, um, I mean, we're just we're just sitting in some of the stuff Keith was sharing at the end here, but I think there's this like um, I think as the disciples sat with this teaching and Jesus came at you know came 
it was offensive and a bit crazy, right? It's a bit left field, and you get the feeling like not like they're not. This is John six. Like they're not to the Passover yet. Like they haven't they haven't walked out more of this journey, you know. And even that was still confusing for them. Like they didn't get to they didn't get to the part where this made sense. Yeah. Ever like for a while. Yeah. Right? Like they're not there yet. So, it's, it's unreasonable. That's right. It's, it's an unreasonable request, and mm. um, and you know, and the passage goes on to say, you know, like he, Jesus says, who's going to leave? And and Peter says, well, like we're, um, where are we going to go? Like, mm. we know you we that's know relatable you too are. that's relatable too yeah yeah <laughs> like i'm i'm a bit stuck in this life with you, you yeah know? and like we've tied ourselves in with you but what you're saying is really hard to understand and but like we're not going to go anywhere like we know you and yeah just sharing the story for him like where where he, he knows god and yeah what's he going to do but but re-pick up those truths yeah Re in the chaos and the uncertainty of what's in front of me, yeah, or what's being asked of me to walk through, yeah, what else but to reach back and pick up like what what I know. And you know, he yeah. was talking about that being like the armor of God, yeah, just picking up those things. And I guess, I guess that's a, a piece of this is like God asked us to do, so yeah, I, I, I'm for me and for and for some of us, it just like highlights that like we get stuck in, um in one way tracks or or we're just we're in our life picture and it's yeah. going this way and it's like yeah. tunnel vision or something yeah. and there's like so much more going on but we get yeah. stuck and so then when when the so much more clashes with mine and comes comes to challenge my picture yeah. i don't know what to do with it yeah and yeah. i can't get out often like i don't know how to you know i don't know how to get out often so yeah you know those are it's good. Yeah, if question. Jesus is asking us to bridge this gap between the absurdity of how he sees things and the reasonability of how I see right. things, I need some help. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think what some of what we're saying this morning is that that's a process of continuing to build a trust relationship with him. You know, it's almost like what Az was saying in the beginning where it's like more ability leads to more opportunity. Right. And it's like, as we step in to the thing that God's asking of us today, it's going to build a trust in him and a confidence in him where the opportunity that's going to grow for tomorrow is going to be a little bit more out there. And you know, you say that they hadn't gone to the Passover yet, but they had been to some rodeos with Jesus already. So they had built some trust in this man and who he was to the point where when he said this, they said, who else are we going to go to? Like, look at who you are. Look at what you've been doing. What else am I going to do but stick with you? And when we get to that place in our relationship with him, he can take it up a notch and we get to see more of his power, more of his presence, more of his kingdom, more of the absurdity of the way in which God operates outside of our reasonable rationality and, and logical uh, nature. Yeah. And that, but, but I think that gap's always going to be there. But the thing that bridges it is this trust in who he is. Well, I think that's the point of it. He is separating people who will just trust him from people who won't a little bit, right? Like he is, he's allowing that. He's not well, that's what he's doing me. here. Yeah. That is he's what he's separating. doing here. Like, you know, he's come with me because there's more to be had. Yeah. And, and even though you don't understand this moment. I well, what he's really it. saying in this moment is if you haven't gained the module of seeing things through my spirit's eyes, you will miss me. 
you know, because he's saying here, this is life to you. You know, and, and one of the things that came up in our group was, you know, it's like he's, he's being very practical and tangible here. He's saying, you know, when you eat of me and you drink of me, it's life. And, and, you know, if you put that in practical terms, it's like, how often do I go to some other food or some other drink, even, even literally, you know, how often is it a beer that I'm turning to for life? Or how often is it that it is a cupcake that I'm turning to? Maybe this is my own confessions alone today and I'm alone in all this, but, but in his very practical terms, it's very practical terms that he's using here. And he's saying, there's a life you will find when you drink of me that you won't find at the bottom of a can. There's a life that you will find in me that you won't find at the bakery and this bread that my life is will give you true life and he's he's contrasting natural versus spiritual and it's like even though i know that how often do i go looking for life somewhere other than the flesh the body of jesus and the blood of jesus how often do i go to something else you know and it's like but what he's saying is here here what i have found in the alive father life in me you can find in me as you make my life your food and as you make my uh, blood your drink you know it's like yeah wow that's a that's a challenge and and how does that become useful to me this language i need his spirit to show me the truth of that for me yeah how about this how about this group that was listing to the left what what kind of came out for you guys any piece of the puzzle anybody got any summary reflections for us i think we um talked a bit about people who just didn't understand yeah and what that was like and who they were and how that could be yeah um, so tossed around that a bit yeah and, um, yeah like what 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 did people think he mm. was talking about yeah reasonably so you know like what yeah uh, yeah, and I think I was, try, I was trying to find it, but I, I think it was I kind of pointed out. I was pretty sure that some of them would have seen the Passover in this. I think from mm. Exodus, of, mm. this is like the the blood being the savior of this. And the mm. things, but it's definitely the key is the Passover, but whether the, they had to experience that with Jesus. Or, yeah, a man like, coming and saying, look back to the tour and go, is this the same thing here? Yeah. Like, are we, is this, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. James had some good points and just like, what is it? What is it? What are people thinking about? And yeah. How are they processing that? And yeah. Mm. Like, how much of that, how much of Jesus had they actually experienced? Mm. What are they walking away? What did, they think they were walking away from. And, mm, mm. Uh, what, was, what made some of their uh, their spiritual eyes open? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. 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 Why were some eyes open and some eyes yeah. not? Yeah. I almost wonder if none were like to the extent that like even when he says to like when he says to when Peter says, like, where would we go? I don't think he's saying, we totally get you, Jesus. What you're saying is awesome, and everybody else just doesn't. Like, I don't think he's saying that. I think he's saying, we're, yeah, like, we're still confused, too. 
Do you think maybe the... But sorry, go, Ange. You go. But didn't, doesn't it say that then some left? Yeah, heaps left. Heaps left. Heaps, heaps left. Yeah. Yeah, so... But I think, you know, is, is the difference as opposed to this idea of either you saw it and you got it or you didn't? Because then that makes me feel like if I don't get this straight away, I've got nowhere to go. All I can do is exit. So either my eyes have been opened and something outside of my control has opened my eyes and I saw it or I didn't. Yeah, it'd be one way of viewing this. I think maybe it's different. How, how would it be to be a person who's in this story who has built a trust and a relationship with God that led in this moment of, of misunderstanding to curiosity? instead of repulsion. What are you saying here? What do you mean here? And so when, if I built a relationship with Jesus that in my moment of misunderstanding opened myself up to his spirit in a, in a disposition of curiosity, instead of a reliance on my own view and go, this is ridiculous. It's like, well, there's no way that this is ridiculous. Wasn't there for every person who heard this. But maybe the difference was a curiosity that says, but what do you mean? What do you mean? And, and if you're saying this, I'm trusting it. So help me find value in this because I do trust you. But this seems, I guess what they came to him and they said, this is a tough teaching. This is tough teaching. This is hard to swallow. And in fact, in other versions, they say like, people like are leaving. Like people don't, people don't want to eat you. <laughs> This is not a, this is not a fun idea, Jesus. We're not sure where you're taking this, you know. And and so those who had built enough confidence in the man in this relationship could open themselves to curiosity and go, "But what do you mean? Is there something of value in this thing that seems so absurd and so unreasonable, you know? And maybe maybe the maybe it's less about you saw it with open eyes or you didn't." And it was like, I think you're always going to see it through eyes that go, this is, I mean, that hasn't gone, that doesn't go away. I don't know. I mean, maybe it does. Maybe it does. I don't want to say it doesn't, but it's like, then what have we built? I guess I'm bringing it back to us and going, what have we built that in the moment of the absurd and the unreasonable and the illogical goes, but can you show me if you're in this? Or can you show me what the life, because you're talking about this as life and it just sounds disgusting. But can you show me where there's life in this? You know, I think that's that difference between trusting and relying on what I see and how I see something and beginning to practice something that trusts in and relies on and becomes curious and minds the depths of what he sees. Why do you see it that way? life in that? How is that valuable? And, and in some senses, you know, we live like we were always made to be self-reliant and then I can rely on my spiritual eyes. Why well, don't I have spiritual eyes? Jesus' eyes are the spiritual eyes. And I've got to learn to rely and depend on his eyes and what he sees and trust his sight because I was, I was given flesh eyes. But by the life of Christ in me, I now by his spirit have spiritual eyes, but they're his eyes. You know, and he said to me, Brad, stop standing aside of the life of Christ within you as an identity that's outside of yours. My life is you. And when you stand in the flesh and argue with the spirit, because I believe I'm the flesh man, 
I'm going to need to be convinced. But he said to me, like, when you start to accept that those spiritual eyes within you that are mine is you too, that's your new life. Step into those shoes and what's comfortable to you then. Things that seem absurd will become comfortable. Things that seem illogical will become reasonable. Things that seem impossible will become possible. His life within me becoming my vision. But, but, but I, we need to, we got to turn a corner and go, well, let's make this, let's, let's, how do we grind this out in our life then? You know, I mean, what he says in here is every word I've spoken to you is spirit word. And so it is life making. You know, he's trying to get life to us. He's trying to help us live. He, he's, he's not looking to uh, create something too much or too hard or too unreasonable. But, the, but, what, but what we heard in the Corinthians verse is that the things of the spirit will be foolishness, absurd and illogical to the natural unbelieving man. And it's like, that's relatable. But to those who discern things through a spiritual eye lens, through the life of Christ and become curious of that source, we'll step into things we never otherwise would have stepped into. I think this is one of the incredibly powerful tools that, that, the, that the Thrive crew really help us lean into, which is there's a relationship where we can see what God sees more. We can, in our relationship with God, be sitting in worship here in this room and become aware of the presence of Jesus, become aware of him with us and go, what do you see? What does this look like to you? What is this moment to you? You know, we can come to his word like this scripture we've just read and we can go, what do you see in this that's of value? How do you interpret this? And, and, and I think we were never meant to be those who could receive that spirit life outside of that relationship. And so it's not meant to just be there. It's meant to be relationally accessed through an awareness that Jesus is with me and he has a sight that's not my own. He has eyes and a perspective and a wisdom that doesn't come from me. I thought it might be good this morning to take maybe the 10 minutes that we got left in our time to do that. Would that be all right? You know, we can talk about this, but what if we just take a minute and do it this morning? You know, would that be all right? And this is not a new experience to us. You know, it's what Thrive would call an Emmanuel journaling exercise. I mean, it doesn't have to be a journaling exercise. You can do this in your mind. You can, you know, depending on, on where you are or how you are in this. But one of the most important things is that we find ourselves open to relationship. You know, and we've been picking up skills that really help us do that, help us become more aware of, of God's presence with us, that he's here, that actually his wisdom isn't something about this passage that I have to imagine. In fact, this very morning I can access that. And so let, let's, let's take a minute and do that, even just around this passage that we've just read. And so I'll walk us through it. If you want to do it in your phone, I, I, didn't, I didn't bring any paper down. That was an oversight. So if you don't have a phone, you could borrow Curtis's. <laughs> or you can do this in your mind. But we're going to start by just taking a moment as we've come to become familiar with to remember a gift God's given us or a time that we felt close to him. So just, just 
take that as a moment. And if you're, if you're writing some things on your phone, just write down what that moment is and, and maybe a couple of thoughts that you have about how that moment felt or a gift that God's given you and what it was like to receive that from him, something he did for you or a, a moment where he came through for you. So just take a moment to remember a gift God's given or a time that you felt close to him. deep breath and take a moment to just enjoy that thought, that memory, that moment, that gift. just to invite Jesus' response to that memory. Does he feel about it or how does he see it or what, what are his reflections as he recalls that? in with Jesus, take a moment to speak to him about your thoughts and feelings around this truth or this scripture that we've been reflecting on together this morning. Just, just take a minute to share some of the things you're thinking about or some of the things you're feeling as we sort of sit in these ideas this morning. Just take a minute just to share those with him.
share those things with him. Just ask Jesus what he sees for you this morning. As he looks at you thinking about these things and feeling these things around the discussions this morning, what does he see for you this morning? scripture that we've looked at this morning what's one thing he would share with you that's important to him about this scripture we've looked at today It's just, you know, our experience of this, uh, there's, there's no bad or wrong experience of this. You know, this might have been something we find challenging to connect with or we find 
hard to hear on or it might be something where we felt like there was just such an encouraging flow and stream and there's no there's no uh, all, all of that is reasonable it's there's no unreasonable response to to this but let's let's take a minute um, just in threes in threes just to share a couple of the things that maybe have come out of that for us and we're just going to take like five minutes like a, just a real short opportunity to just go here's something I saw that encouraged me or here's something I heard or I found that really hard I found that really difficult I feel like it's really hard to connect in in that way what whatever our experience might be but let's just keep it to real small groups of three and we'll just take like five minutes just to touch on maybe something that came out of that for us as we connected in is that all right yeah. all right let's do it <laughs> 